0: There were so many fires in Palmerston North in 1910. They called it the City of Blazes. The fire brigade is useless, growled Palmerston's mayor. We need more volunteers. But there were always plenty of volunteers wanting to be firemen, only they had little experience. On their first practice, the volunteers tried holding out a sheet for someone to jump into from the top of a building. But the sight of the falling body amazed everyone so much. The volunteer fireman let go of the sheet, and the unfortunate victim fell heavily to the road. The volunteers' horses were little use either. On the night of the big fire at Palmerston High School, the horses were loaded with firefighting gear, and away everyone went, guided by a huge glow lighting up the western sky. But when the horses smelt the smoke and saw the flames pouring from the building, they went into a frenzy. They lashed out with their hooves, upsetting the fire cart. They bucked wildly, hurling the reels and hoses off their backs in a mad display of flying hooves. Then they dashed off into the night, kicking wildly, as if they could still feel the hated loads on their backs and at their heels. The volunteers had no time to catch them. They collected up their battered equipment, connected it to the water supply, and turned it on the blazing high school. The thin jets of water coming from the hoses were little use, for the building was now well alight, and flames roared upwards in a wall of fire. There was nothing the volunteers could do but watch. They didn't have long to stand and stare. Another glow suddenly appeared in the sky, this time to the southwest. Another fire had broken out, somewhere near the square in the centre of town. The horses had all run away, so those who had bicycles hurried back to this new emergency. Some volunteer firemen sat on the bars of the bicycles, others on the carriers, others on the handlebars. With three volunteers on each bicycle, it was hard going, pedalling back along the gravel roads, especially as a strong wind now blew in their faces. Every couple of hundred metres, the volunteers changed places so another could have a go at straining and heaving at the pedals and pushing into the gusty wind. Everyone stared ahead at the glow in the sky over Palmerston North, which grew bigger every minute. When they got to the fire, they found Pegden's upholstery shop in flames. Some volunteers organised a line of buckets, while others hurried off to the fire station on their bicycles to get another reel. When the reel came, it wouldn't fit the fire plug, for the screw was the wrong size. While this trouble was sorted out, the fire got bigger every minute and spread to the stables run by Porteous and Company next door. The volunteers only just managed to get the crazed horses out of the stables in front of the flames which roared up in the wind, sending sparks, ash and smoke drifting about Palmerston North Square. By this time, the volunteers were beginning to wish they'd never taken on such a terrible job. There seemed to be no end to their hard work. With so much hot ash blowing about, it wasn't surprising that another fire started. The desperate volunteers, having watched the high school burn down, followed by Pegden's upholsterers and portier stables, now saw another glow lighting up the sky, this time to the north. Abandoning the mass of flaming ashes in front of them that had once been the stables and the upholsterers, they picked up their bicycles, their hose reels and their buckets and pedalled off once more. Luckily, they didn't have far to go. A short distance away, they found Miller and Georgie's clothing shop on fire. Exhausted, choked with smoke, their uniforms scorched and charred where a hundred smouldering cinders had burnt the fabric the volunteer firemen still had energy enough to fix their hoses to the water supply and turn the water on the fire. Twice, the supply failed, the water trickling away to nothing just when the fire was under control. Nevertheless, at two o'clock in the morning, the fire was out. Miller and George's shop was saved and the volunteers thankfully rolled up their reels. They'd had four bad fires that night. Three of them had got completely out of control, but with the fourth, they had been successful. The volunteers began to feel like real firemen at last. Just as they were preparing to pedal off home on their bicycles for a well-earned rest, there came another alarm. Another glow appeared in the sky, this time in the east. Wearily, the volunteer firemen got on their bicycles, two or three or even four on one bicycle, and pedalled off. One volunteer rode on the carrier at the back, one on the seat, one on the bar and one on the handlebars. The glow seemed to come from a large building somewhere out in the country towards the Manawatu Gorge. Fortunately, the wind was now blowing at their backs and their overloaded bicycles made good speed as they hurried on and on down the dusty country road. In a few minutes, the firemen were away from Palmerston and out into the country with a dark night all about, and only the faint white of the gravel road in front and the stars above showing them the way. Ahead, that bright glow grew stronger and stronger. Surely it must be a terrible blaze out there, much worse than the fire at the high school. The volunteers kept plugging away, straining harder and harder at the pedals as the road began rising towards the Talarua Ranges. The volunteers came to the top of a little hill, the glow in the east growing brighter and brighter. Then, in front of their dazzled eyes, the edge of the full moon appeared from the centre of the bright glow they'd been following and began rising into the sky above the Manawatu Gorge. The volunteer firemen stopped their bicycles and stared at the rising moon which they'd been frantically peddling towards all this time. We'll need a mighty hose to put that out said one. The others gazed thoughtfully ahead for a while, too tired to say anything. They sat down in the long grass beside the road. A long silence followed as the exhausted men rested and gazed at the moon. Then the silence of the night was broken by a long snore, then another, and another. One by one, the volunteer firemen fell asleep by the side of the road. Over their heads, the moon rose and gazed down fondly on them there and on all that wide expanse of slumbering countryside stretched out on every side. <laughs>